And welcome everybody to my independent report. Have I got an adventure for you today? Uh, with me today is a lovely lady. Her name is Ann Moore, and um, we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I feel like a schoolboy like all over again. We're going to talk about. She is a, a life coach. She does uh, some you know, amazing things. We are going to talk about life relationships intimacy because she coaches with all of that body mind spirit and business and how to come home to who you really are which is really near and dear to my heart i just i just love talking about this because if you can discover who you really are and what your intention for being here really is you, it, there's nothing that you can't accomplish nothing you can't do I'm a firm believer in that, as I believe Anne Moore is as well. Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And I'm realizing as we do this that one thing I didn't do, and in my beautiful imperfection, is send you uh, my bio. So um, do you want me to say a little bit more about who I am and how I got here? Uh, well, actually, let me, let me go a different direction. Um, okay, okay, so Anne, uh, who are you and where are you from and how did you get here? <laughs> awesome. Um, so really what I do is help you to love your unlovable parts, wherever they might be. And what I've found in my life and my work is that tends to show up in our culture and in our, just because, um, in our bodies, about our bodies, about sex. And about money, especially, and about productivity. Am I useful? And um, what I'm finding right now is in this uh, collective experience of like all the weirdness around pandemic and the big energies, that all of those things are being challenged all at once. Um, so it's a super powerful time to uh, create change, actually, to open up to new things because so much is being disintegrated. Um, so how did I get here? Uh, I am a uh, sexological body worker, so I'm certified in that, and I'll talk more about that. Um, I coach and teach about the erotic blueprints, which is a really powerful framework for expanding your definition of what is possible in uh, erotic experience and in your body and in your life, and just total permission. It does a lot of shame-busting. Um, and um, I also, have, my whole trajectory has been to bring spirituality and sexuality together, to bring all of this stuff that we do about mindfulness and being aware in the moment and um, becoming uh, one with everything, to be able to do that inside our bodies with another person or with ourselves. Um, that it can be an experience in the moment in our bodies without having to dismiss them. Um, so tons of um, experience and coaching and personal work around um, just non-dualism and what it means to have a body and be a spiritual person having that experience. Um, yoga, breath coach, um, meditation, um, years of that. And movement, because that's also important for our bodies. So. There's a lot to cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is. Now, so let's hold, 
Go ahead. Well, let's dial it back. I, I'm just suggesting we dial it back down to like body, sex, unlovable parts, and uh, blueprints just to like contain it a little bit. Okay, well, while you're focusing on that, I want to remind folks a couple things. First of all, if you want to follow along and go to Anne's website, you can, which is www.yes, as in yes, and more, M-O-R-E, Dot com, And if you go there and you can get to all of uh, the the things that she does and how she does it, you can follow along with us. I want, And the other thing is I want to take you back to the mists of time, back to the mighty, uh-huh. back to the mighty 60s. We didn't talk. <laughs> we didn't talk about E.D. We didn't talk about, you know, I had to laugh. I was watching TV just the other day and this gorgeous lady comes on the TV and says, you know, when I have constipation, it's like, really? <laughs> and, and we talk, we're, we're, we are talking more about that kind of thing and about our bodies and how they function now than we have ever in my entire lifetime. It is, it is the most, you know, cause you've got, uh, uh, Crohn's disease and, and I, you know, and all, all of these things that, that we talk about and all the medications that are for them and stuff. So it's, it's really has changed. So now's a perfect time for us to get rid of some of the, those last things that, that we, that we talk about in our bodies are things that we hide from each other uh, via clothes and and uh, close the door of the bathroom and all of that stuff. So we do we do a lot of that, and we do have a lot of shame around that kind of thing, don't we? We do. Um, um, I'm I'm distracted. I just want to um, add one thing, which is for the website is Anne with an E, like ah. Anne of Green Gables. Oh, very. That good. was one of my that was one of my big influences growing up about speaking out and full expression. So it's y e s a n n e m o r e dot com. Okay, that's out of the way. Um, so body. So yes, and even more right now because we are in a time where we have to talk about what's real because we're in a pandemic and really real stuff is coming up for everyone about security, about fear, about the unknown, about death, about life, like all the topics that used to be like not polite, like we were beyond that and in a really good way. And to me, that means this is, that's why I was saying it's a really powerful time for us to step into um, kind of a cleaner, uh, not cleaner, that's not the right word, but just more authentic, uh, grounded, real, raw versions of ourselves in every way. And um, the body piece, I love what you say about that. Yeah, uh, we tend to hide them from each other because we tend to think they're not okay, that there's something wrong with my body. Almost everybody has something that we don't like about the body. Well, yeah. and a lot of that's because of what we see in movies, on in magazines, on TV. Everybody's so yeah. pretty and they're lovely and stuff. And you got this little bulge that just won't go away. So, you know, it's just, yeah. one of, you know, because nobody's perfect except for the airbrushed ones. Right. And, and that's. That's what I um, was talking about with the unlovable parts, like literally in our body. Like this is, it's such a good test of um, like, if you think you're really enlightened and spiritual, there's a couple different ways to test that. One is to visit your family. I forget who was saying that. The other is to look in the mirror. And when you look in the mirror, especially a full body mirror, what shows up in your head and your heart? 
how do you react to your own being and presence? And if it's anything short of just like, oh my God, you're awesome. Look how awesome you are today. <laughs> that's a good place. That's a good indicator of um, where there might be somewhere to explore. And that it's not, we're not trying to fix or change anything that feels unlovable. It's the exact opposite. So um, like the mirror thing, what I like to do is just like put my hands wherever it is. And often it's like belly, maybe there's a wrinkle, gray hair is really big right now for COVID. I've got that coming in because I decided to stop coloring my hair. It's like, oh, I'm just going to be who I am. And so just being with that of like, ah, I see it. I've got a judgment about it. And now I'm not going to beat myself up even about having a judgment about it. I'm going to love the part of me that wants to judge that. I'm going to love all of it and the sense of I don't want to have a judgment. Like all of that can be present. And it can just um, drop into like I'm awesome the way I am now. The other thing you were saying about airbrush is we've got this myth in our culture that um, you have to be 20 years old and in perfect physical shape in order to have great sex or to be desirable. Well, 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 a, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so a lot, especially if you're not 20, and even the people who are 20 years old and in perfect shape still think they're not enough. That's never like the external piece of that is never going to be where it comes from. That it's really about like, what if in the body I'm in right now, what if in the body you're in, you're already sexy and desirable and you can feel pleasure in every part of your body. What if that's true? Because it is. How would that change your life? Oh, and um, what be, I love about yeah. go ahead. Well, the, it's what I love about the blueprint is it gives us um, more information about how to access pleasure in our bodies. Because the more we can do that, the more um, we remember how powerful and joyful and um, incredible. We really are because we can feel it in our bodies and you can't argue with your body. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and it's, it's what you're saying is really true. Cause I remember way back when I was 17, 18 and, uh, I was an athlete. I was an all conference football player and I wrestled and I played baseball and I was in shape and I, and, but I didn't feel like I was desirable. I didn't feel like I, my body was what I wanted it to be. Even so, I couldn't even see, even then, when I was in shape, and not, or when I was boxing, and and because uh, I was a fighter for a little while, and so there's a lot of training that goes on in that. You, I never felt like I was really hot with you know because you just don't even when you look in the mirror it's like oh there's that and there's this and and stuff so part of what you do is you get people to to feel better about who they are where they are right absolutely and that it begins with self that because if you're looking in the mirror and you're picking apart like oh i don't like this part i don't like that part it doesn't matter if you have the most loving partner in the world who's like, oh my God, you are a god or a goddess. Like, I can't wait to be with you and touch your body and show you how much I love you. Please let me in. If you are doing that, you're, you're going to block them out in those places. You can't let them in until you can love yourself there. And so, so much of what I do is 
actually inviting people, giving them permission to bring pleasure to their own body. This whole thing about, oh my God, I'm going to say the word, masturbation. And also that it, and it's self-pleasure, it does not have to be about genitals. That actually we've got a bigger taboo about pleasure than we do about sex. And so what if you can set aside time, you can prioritize pleasure in your life right now in the middle of a pandemic with whatever money troubles you have, with whatever relationship thing is going on. What if pleasure in your own body, you can take time to just take a breath and feel it. And we can even do that right now. Just like close your eyes and breathe and just notice what's present in your own body right now. Feeling your own breath and just the pleasure of breathing. And sometimes emotions can well up when we start to do this. It's like, oh my God, I miss myself. And just staying with the breath, staying with the sensation, allowing whatever comes up to come up and noticing. And just feeling like we did that for what? I don't know, five, six breaths? Yeah, not long. And what has changed? What has shifted? What's available now? So we always have that. Huh. Isn't that nice? Because it, it really, it really is. Because we have the ability to awaken ourselves up and to do stuff. But if you don't feel like you can, I sense there's somebody out there going, and 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 you just don't understand. I you you I'm willing to bet. I'll look at your picture. You're a pretty lady, and you don't understand what it's like to be me. Um, how do you help them? Everybody's got a story about how they're not enough. It's about comparison. I'm not young enough. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too just any of that. We've all got that tape running in our heads. And for you, I don't understand exactly what it's like to be you in your body, but I do understand what it is to feel that kind of judgment coming from inside and that the most direct access to love, to your own heart, to this moment is to breathe. And to allow yourself, if it feels safe, to feel your own body. And um, the other place I work a lot is trauma. And I understand there's an awful lot of you out there who are feeling like it's maybe not safe to even be in your body. And to feel what's there right now because it feels overwhelming and too big and too scary. And recognizing that. Um, sometimes, um, if people have an experience, and trauma just means it doesn't mean you have to have any one specific giant thing that happened to you. It's anything that was too much, too fast, too soon that felt overwhelming to your nervous system. So I don't know exactly what that might have been, 
but I know what it's like to have a body that's on high alert. And I know that that's happening a lot right now. There's a lot in the collective. And that probably what's happening is you're thinking, yeah, but it's just me. It's probably something wrong with me. Why can't I do this better? Why am I not calmer? Why am I not showing up for my family? Why can't I do this thing of feeling pleasure in my body? Now I've got another thing I need to do, which is to feel orgasmic all the time. Thanks a lot. <laughs> like, great, even more pressure. And that all of that is just another um, way of your nervous system kind of being like wound up. And that you're in this animal, beautiful body. And the great thing about it is you can talk directly to your body and your nervous system to be able to let that go. That rather than trying to think your way out of it, what you can do is come into the, the animal body, the nervous system, and just self-soothe, essentially. So breathing is a great way to do that, too. Now, Anne, a question for you. Notice um, there's time. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, the question I have for you is uh, there are people that uh, this this podcast really does kind of uh, veer towards the spiritual and the spiritual yeah. person. And there are people that are going, now, and I'm a spiritual being having a physical experience, and I don't need the physical stuff. I'm, I'm much more spiritual than that. And I can't be, I can't be uh, groveling around in the sheets and be spiritual. What would you say to them? I would say, if you believe that you are a divine being, what part of your body is not divine? Is there a part of your body that is not a reflection of oneness and the perfection of spirit? Because we've all been placed in these bodies or we've chosen these bodies, whichever way you want to approach that from the spiritual realm you've chosen this body let's put it that way and it is not separate it's not any different than spirit so um that thinking of like yeah but i can't be in my body and be spiritual that's in our culture like we've we've received that teaching from all over the place particularly um judeo-christian um, traditions, but not just that. There's a lot of spiritual traditions that say in order to be spiritual, what you need to do is get out of your body. You need to ignore your body. You need to discipline it so that you can eventually escape from it. Oh, I've heard that a lot. And that's right. And that is a power construct. That's basically saying we're going to tell you how to do that so that then you will be docile and obedient and that actually the reason that teaching is there like when you go to the older teachings about um spirituality and you're looking at like really ancient traditions of kali for instance or um some of the matriarchal religions and um Sekhbet and some of the especially the goddesses um they are all about physical sexual um, experience and um, anger is a big one. Anger. What if anger is spiritual? Because it is. Everything that's in us, everything we could ever experience in the human experience is spiritual. There's no part of it that's not. I work a lot with polarities. And so the idea of dark and light, like dark and light are both spiritual concepts. We need our darkness. 
We need our light and we need our physical bodies. Um, and the reason that those teachings came about is because there was a realization when people started to like try to take power is, oh my God, if you can have a direct experience in your own body of ecstatic states and basically God or divinity inside your own body, then I can't control you. Then you'll understand how infinite you are and how powerful you are. And you'll have no fear. We can't have that. That's what I'm giving back. That's what I'm helping you remember is you've got access to this every moment. You own every part of your body. If there's someone who has told you that there's a part of your body you're not allowed to touch, you might want to get curious about that. What's the advantage for them in telling you that? Because your whole body is yours. It's the one thing you carry through your whole life from first breath to last breath. It's always with you. And it is the most direct way to experience divinity is in ecstatic states, which you can get to in all sorts of ways. You can do meditation, you can do movement, you can do trance dance, and you can do um, ecstasis, which is an ecstatic state, a divine state, in sex. Orgasm is a death of everything that holds us back from feeling our own infinite being and the connection with everything. That's your question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yes, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, because the thing that we, that we all, well, not all, but a lot of us have got this issue with, well, as an example, and I, I told us, I've told this before on the podcast, but it bears repeating when I was in eighth grade, they started doing, um, sex education. They separated the yeah. boys and the girls, and the girls went to another room, and a lady taught them, and then the guys were with uh, with a, a male teacher, and he made he made an incessant point. He kept on making it. I didn't understand what he was talking about even at the time because I was in eighth grade, so nobody told me about that part yet. And but that was don't abuse yourself. He equated masturbation with abuse, and you can't abuse yourself. And so it, even from that standpoint, it was it was like. It's a dirty little thing that you you know that if you're going to go do that, you're gonna, it's a dirty little thing, and it that's that really isn't how it was designed to be, or or because your body is special and it's yours and it's yours to do what you will, correct? Even more than that, our bodies are so magic. When you, I'm I'm doing this deep dive into anatomy in a couple of weeks. I'm going to do this amazing thing. And I've already done like a lot into especially genital anatomy. Most of us are not taught, like you said, about sex education, but the amount of nerve endings that we have in our genitals for pleasure is outrageous more than anyone else or anywhere else in our body only for pleasure. And especially in the female body in the vulva, like the, we're mad, we're created to experience orgasmic, ecstatic pleasure. And it doesn't serve any other purpose. And it doesn't need to. Like what if actually we are designed exactly for this kind of ecstatic state? Because we actually are. What it does is it feeds our nervous system. There's all this science. It's totally woo. Like this is our spiritual connection and the science is linking up to it even more and more about it feeds our nervous system. It feeds your immune system. If you want to bulk up your immune system, best way to do it, have more orgasms, 
have more pleasure in your life. Allow touch of your own body even to be part of your daily practice. It is so incredibly nurturing for our bodies and it helps us manage stress. It shifts the, the hormones in our bodies from stress hormones to pleasure hormones, which just feeds everything about our being. And that means that we can then show up for our children, for our communities, for whatever is up in the moment in this time of uncertainty. It's actually, it's um, like we think of pleasure as something that's like frivolous or abuse or not okay or forbidden. It's exactly the opposite. It's, it's the one thing, it's the main thing we can use to create state shift in our own lives so that we can be fully present for our lives and we're not checking out. It makes us smile too. It makes us smile. It makes us happy. It brings joy, all of that stuff. And it connects us to each other. It does. Like we're talking about, you were talking about um, abuse or like the the, the self-pleasure. And that is a big part of what I do, but, you know, sex is also about connection with another human being in a super vulnerable way. And it is the glue that allows us to open up, to trust, to feel safe with each other, um, with consent, like in context, all of that. Um, it's about connection and communication. It's just with our bodies. It's good to use words, too. What were you going to say? You're going to jump in. Well, I, I was I was going to say years ago when I, I was doing positive talk and we had a doctor on and he and he said, well, you know, one of the things that men should do is they should um, they should have uh, uh, orgasms so that they can exercise their, their prostate because that makes gets, gets makes their prostate a healthier organ. And so my mantra at that point was, yeah, folks, take your prostate out and go for a walk every now and again. It'll be good for you. And it's absolutely true for uh, women, for vulva bodies, and especially as we get older, there's all this stuff about um, vaginal atrophy or the, like this thing about like, well, I just don't want sex anymore or dryness. The more that you can bring pleasure and blood circulation, which is part of what happens when you get aroused, to your genitals, the healthier they are, the more they're fed. They're literally like hooked up to the system and getting all the nutrient, uh, nutrients that they need. So the same thing. Absolutely. Take your genitals out for a walk. Take them out for a pleasure, a pleasure ride. Um, there, was, there was something else I wanted to say about um, sex education also, that you say that like you only got like this one class. I had something really similar. And that education that we get, if we got it at all, was also the emphasis was don't get anybody pregnant or don't get pregnant and don't get sick. Like don't get enough CDs. So it's like bad, bad, dangerous. And nobody talked about, oh my God, this feels really good. It should feel good. There should be pleasure present. You actually have a birthright to pleasure, especially in this experience. Let's talk about that. Like that just was not part of the picture. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. And instead we did get a sex education. It was just, if you think about it, like, well, how did you learn about sex? Well, what did you learn? Well, maybe in your family, it's don't ever talk about it. If you do it, make sure nobody knows about it. 
like stay silent. You have to not move, not get caught, like all of that stuff. That is your education. It's still education. And so it's about kind of undoing that, looking at like how much of that is mine? How many of that voices, how many of that, how many of those voices are actually what I want running the show in my life as an adult in this body today? Oh, that's beautiful. That's, that's, that's really cool. Because, so let's, and there's a couple things. By the way, we're talking with Ann Moore, and you go to her website, which is www.yesann, with an E, A-N-N-E, more.com, M-O-R-E. And you can find all the work that she does, and she can work to help you. I wanted to ask you a, question, a couple of questions about uh, couples. And, and first of all, you, yes. work, you work with couples a lot, right? I work with couples a lot. I love working with couples. It's one of my great delights. How do you yeah. help, especially especially women, get over the shame of their body? Because some women will not don't want to don't want to have sex in the light. If you if you know what I mean, they they want to be yes, they, I do. They want it to be dark. They don't want people to see who they are. How do you get them through and past that? It kind of depends on what's present for them. Like I work with where is the place where you're the most stuck in this? And there's lots of inner game to that. And I want to say that it's not just women who have that. There's tons of men who have body image stuff too. Um, I just, I, it gets, it gets very gendered and it's a lie that men are all like, yeah, I'm awesome and sexy and everything works. Um, that's just, it's, I don't find that to be true for human beings and bodies generally. We've all got stuff. Well, um, and so <laughs> I wanted to mention the, the moment, <laughs> and as far as men go, the moment of the reveal, you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yes, I do. <laughs> the moment, I do. am I too short? Am I too fat? Am I too, am I, am I not long enough? Is it, is it ugly? What, you know, it's like. It's like there comes a moment when it's like you've had this buildup and you've been on the couch and you've been drinking wine and you've been listening to music and, and things are progressing and all of a sudden it comes time for the big reveal and that's when a lot of guys have trouble with. I hear you and it's the same for women of like, oh my God, are my boobs big enough? Are they too small? Um, am I too hairy? Am I not hairy? What about my belly? What about my butt? What about my cellulite? What about my wrinkles? holy moly is my well what if he wants curly hair and i have shown like all of that yeah i hear that it is the big reveal and so um there's a few different ways i work i work a ton on shame and body issue and i do a lot with trauma release and just releasing any of the fear all of that there's um uh, a few different modalities i use for that i use a lot of energy work and um, something called accelerated evolution which is amazing and the other way that in that is a very powerful system is the erotic blueprints. And we talked a little bit about that. Um, and I know you talked to, uh, in another show about that, but um, it is what I love about it. So this is something I discovered through my mentor and very good friend, Jaya Ma. And she's this amazing sexologist. Um, I'm now working really closely with her and she uh, just created this entire system out of touching a lot of bodies and noticing that, Actually, our bodies are wired differently for pleasure. And what I love about it is it blows up this idea of 
sex is just the one thing. And if we don't want that one thing, there's something wrong with us. Um, so this, this, the way, like couples often think that they have a mismatch of libido. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Or we are, or sexually incompatible. Those are myths. They're total myths. Probably what it means is that the way that your body wants sex and pleasure and eroticism might not look like what you've learned is the way you're supposed to do it in the media, in movies. And so there's these five different types that are, um, they're just the way that we experience pleasure and that works um, for different. And it's also kind of the way you do life, it turns out, because sex actually isn't separate from the rest of your life. Um, big reveal there. Um, so um, what's the easiest way? I know we, we've had, I, I want to summarize it. Um, let's see. Well, well, let's, let's, let's do this because uh, on your um, suggestion, as well as uh, Coriel, who's going to be here next week, and we're talking about roughly the some, some same subject matter from a different perspective, which I think is really, right. really, really cool. Um, you guys had me take the test. Yes, the quiz. The, yeah, yes. the, there is a uh, quiz, a 22—I believe it's 22-question quiz that you take. And it, it asks different questions, and based upon your answers, it will, it will tell you what percentage of you are what and, and, and stuff. Is that right? Yeah. And um, just for a, a framework for the quiz, like I generally do that um, with someone after I started working with them as a client because um, it gives me kind of a baseline of where they are sexually. Um, but also it, um, it gives you an idea. It, it's what your head thinks your body wants. And it gives you a start in um, who you are as a sexual person. Um, and then there's a bunch of follow-up work to, uh, or opportunities to find out what you're actually like amplify that with what do my body actually want? Because sometimes there's surprises. So the quiz is like the first snapshot of who you are. And then um, it's also confirming like, okay, so does your body actually reflect that? Or is there even more fun stuff in there? So um, just framing, because it's questions and you're answering them with your brain and your body um, may or may not play along with that. So just to set that up. Um, but yeah, it's um, what it does is give you an idea of where you are right now. And if you're not set in stone, it doesn't mean that these are your blueprints for the rest of your life. It does mean probably this is where it, you have the most comfort and the most ease in your sex life. Like you already know how to do these things and then you can learn whatever it is that your partner needs. So this is circling back to how I work with couples because if you're one blueprint and they're a different one, it's kind of like the love languages or the Enneagram or any of these systems. It doesn't mean you're incompatible. It just means maybe you speak French and they speak Chinese, but you're in love with them and you want to have amazing sexy times with them. You're going to learn some Chinese. <laughs> so it's that. It's giving a language of like, how can we build bridges between us? Yes. 
Okay, so you took the quiz. I did. So what first, happened? First of all, a shameless plug. Um, if you would like to, uh, the five love languages, I had the opportunity of interviewing Gary Chapman. So it is in one of these oh, podcasts. Awesome. So go go back cool. and uh, and and listen to that as well as this. Okay, uh, so so you guys wanted me to take the quiz. I tried to be as honest and as forthright. I didn't, you know, because sometimes you take a quiz and you try and figure out what what they want to hear. I tried yeah, to, like what you're supposed to answer. Right? Yeah, so I tried to be as 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 uh, uh, upfront as possible. So we'll start now. There are five of them, and we'll go through them uh, from the bottom to the top. How about that? That sounds great. Okay, first of, first of all, the first one that I'll touch on is kinky. I'm not exactly sure what kinky is, but I can tell you this. I haven't got any of that. I, mine came okay. up zero. I get it. Awesome. And maybe suddenly you meet somebody and they reveal that they're kinky and you're like, oh, my God, but my test said zero percent. So first, just reassuring you, you can totally open to this blueprint and learn about it and honor them where they are. Um, and that's the love languages sort of framework part is um, in sex and touch and love and everything else. We tend to lead with what we want to receive. And then we get disappointed if we don't get that back, if it's different than what we want. And so if someone was leading with kinky for you, you might be like, ah, but uh, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so kinky is anything that feels naughty. It feels like you're breaking the rules. It feels taboo. There's that little bit of edge of like, oh, I'm getting away with something. Um, and it can be like the the thing that got into the mainstream was Fifty Shades of Grey, which I despise because they, they really don't do negotiation or consent very well. The main thing about kinky is it has to be with consent, like with anything sexual. But so it can be like... Uh, bondage and um i don't know hot wax play and um with some chains but it also could be something just naughty of like um wanting someone to tell you what to do and you just surrendering to them and so it can be so simple you don't actually need any equipment it could be like you're out out to dinner and your partner says i don't want you to take another bite until i tell you you can like that's super hot for a whole lot of people. Go start to that. Really? Being able to tell, yeah, being able to tell somebody what to do and being able to surrender—it's like there's a there's a beauty to that. It's amazing. Oh, so um, that, I work a lot with that's domination my and submission. And domination and submission doesn't mean like I'm going to tell you what to do and I'm going to exploit you and you're going to like not be able to have any say in it. It's an agreement. You make an agreement of like, okay, I want you to tell me what to do. And then the other one's like, oh my God, I've been dreaming about doing that. Let's figure out how to do that together. The big thing about kink is it's about play. You're playing. It's grown-up play. Um, there's one of, I forget who, there's a prodom that talks about, it's, it's essentially the same thing you did with childhood pretend games, but it's with adult sexual uh, agency. Oh, gotcha. So it's. And so you can go any direction you want in kink. Maybe you want to play like you're the top and um, they're, you know, giving, you're giving someone a ticket, but they have to, you know, they can get out of it if they seduce you. And so just noticing, like if something comes up around that and it's like, oh, that doesn't feel okay. It's, 
it works when both people have agreed to do it and they want to and they say yes to it and they know that they can say no at any time. So I, you know, I could go on and on about kink. It's a place I work with a lot. Um, and what? what I do, and we're talking about spiritual, I... when you combine, when you combine the spiritual um, reverence for the human experience with kink, some of the deepest healing and the most um, expansive spiritual experiences I've ever had have been in kink play. Because this is a place, talk about unlovable parts where you go to another human being and you say, this part of me, I'm so scared to show you. I'm kind of feeling shame about it, but I want this thing. What I really want is to be spanked. Will you do that? Like total vulnerability. And then they say, yes. Oh my God, yes. I really want to do that. And you can play there and you let each other see that vulnerable place. (gasps) Huge, huge healing. Total place to dance with the shadows. If you do shadow work, oh man, this is it. Um, I call it conscious kink. It's just, it's, it's incredibly powerful because the shadow of kink is shame. A lot of people who are kinky never want to tell their partner. They're afraid that we've got a story in our culture that if you're kinky, it's because you're messed up or, you know, you had trauma in your childhood or whatever. And maybe that's true and maybe it's not. Maybe you just really like to be spanked because it feels good to your body. Uh, okay, yep. so that's kink. Okay, man, before we go on from kink, I want I want to because it's it's more than it's more than a physical sexual thing because like oh, for so me much more. like for me yeah. uh because kink was so low what that means to me is out of the framework of what I would call normal is not something I'm comfortable with. I like to be in control. I like to I like to have I like to follow the path that I, is set out for me rather than going and exploring all sorts of weird stuff that I don't know anything about. You know what I mean? Because it seems it's like in my in my mind in my mental uh, thing. The, the sex part is just part of who I am because I like to have everything. I like to be in control. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to, I do, you, you, you bring out a pair of handcuffs with me, young lady, I'm leaving. <laughs> <I'll> be, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Okay, great. And I, I love what you're saying because to me, and also I want to speak to this 0% in the, in the quiz, that that is a reflection, it could be a reflection of, this is just not me at all, this is never gonna be me. It could also be what you think kink is and is not. Oh, that You've already be. got this story, story about like, well, kink is um, handcuffs, for example, and having to totally surrender to somebody. I don't want that, therefore I'm not kinky. Yep, that could be too. But, yeah. and, and, I do a lot, I do body work. Like I, that's a big part of what I do. And what I do is testing in your body, like playing with, do you like this kind of touch or this kind of touch? And sometimes I will be in a body work session. And as we're testing this, I get consent before I do it about like, do you want, is there any kind of touch you know you don't like? And they're like, no, I want to try it out. If I smack their thigh suddenly, for instance, their whole body reacts. And maybe their mind, in their mind, they're not kinky. And they find something out about like, oh my God, my body really likes that. Holy cow, what do I do with that? Um, so there may be something in there. It may be that it's what your mind thinks your, thinks your body wants and you just haven't accessed it yet. But it could also be this piece about like, what do you think kink is? And there's something you said 
about you like to be in control. Yeah. That may be your access to kink. It might be you don't want handcuffs on your body, but maybe you would like to put handcuffs on someone else's body and uh, see what happens. Well, that, that and have them it. surrender to you. <laughs> so it's with any of these with any of these blueprints. It's also like, what do you like to give and what do you like to receive? Because in kink, you could be in either role. Some people like to do both. I'm a switch. I like to dominate and do submission. I like both of those roles. And they, they each have power, a lot of power. Um, and it's just noticing, like, as we talked about that, just noticing, like, what shows up in your body. When I mentioned putting handcuffs on somebody, like, oh, maybe there's this little secret thrill, and then it's suddenly suppressed, like, that could be turn on. Sometimes people hear about kink, and they're like, ah, no, and they have this huge reaction. And it's almost like the lady does protest too much of, like, if you have a really big reaction to it, you might want to check that out. You might get curious because there could be turn on buried in there mixed up with shame. So just possible. I don't know. I'm not saying that. And also that um, if you love someone and they confess that they're kinky and not confess, maybe they announce it proudly because they're like, hey, you won the lottery. I'm kinky. That's where I want you to get you to. Because um, then there's a million ways to play. And you're like, ah, I don't know what to do with that. There's all sorts of ways to get access to it. So if you fall in love with someone who's kinky, don't despair with your 0%, we can get you there. You can always listen to it. <laughs> okay. It's just not it's just not in your vocabulary right now. That's that's it's well, a part that, of the language you haven't learned yet. That's a fact. Well and the next one um, that I want to touch on because it's awfully low as well, which is sexual and that's only 5.56%, and that's not very right. good at all. Okay, and, and there's a judgment there because our society says, as a man particularly, as a penis body, you're supposed to be sexual. You're supposed to want to have sex all the time and just, like, do that with everybody you meet and have this super high sex drive. There's a lot of pressure on men in our society to be this way. And it's just one of the expressions of the blueprint. So the sexual blueprint is it's not necessarily that you are not interested in sex or that you don't have access to it. What it might mean is you need something else in the, in the mix before you can access that. It may not be your most direct way in to erotic pleasure. So um, the sexual blueprint is about directness. And it's about being uh, kind of almost demanding that, that feels a little too strong, but um, people who sexual men get labeled this, if they are sexual, that it feels like, Oh my gosh, all they want is my body. Oh, they just want sex again. Um, so a sexual blueprint, it's about simplicity. Actually, there's so much beauty in this. I, I have had a partner who was had a super strong sexual, um, just love of my life. And, what I learned from him is it's this joy of like, oh my God, we are spiritual beings in these bodies that have body parts that fit together. And when we do that, it feels amazing. Can we just like rub our body parts together? Cause it's great. It's just this pure, there's a purity and a joy to it. It's, um, the, and so the directness is not, um, a lot of people mistake 
the sexual blueprint and they think, well, especially if you are an energetic and you've got a super spiritual component, you're like, oh, all they want is my body. They don't want me. It's, that's not true. For someone who's a sexual, sex is love. It's the way of deeply honoring another human being to be in, with their body and touch their body and honor their body with touch and pleasure. And it actually is to them in some ways, they've really got this piece about like, oh, spirituality is in the physical. Um, they may not consciously have that. So um, it's about naked bodies, orgasm. Um, they really want to get to the goal of orgasm often. And that can be like the shadow for them is they get hung up on that and they may miss everything else. Yeah. And a lot of people who aren't, don't have a super strong access to this blueprint, they need warm-up time. And I'm not going to call it um, um, foreplay because it's not before anything. It's the point. Foreplay is just play. It's just erotic play. Right. Um, so what you might, what it might mean if you have a lower sexual, first of all, it may mean you're just resting right now. Maybe you're not, and there's another whole thing about what state are you in with these. You could be resting, you could be curious. Um, so it may be that you just don't have a partner right now and you're not accessing it as regularly. And maybe you're not doing a self-pleasure practice that lets you access it on your own because you don't necessarily need a partner to do that. Um, but it could also mean that the way that you're built is what you need is to feel somebody really present with you. You need to know that they are fully, authentically seeing you, being with you. You need some time to breathe and be with their body and drop in. It might mean that's, I'm describing the energetic blueprint that we're going to get to, I know. Um, it might mean, let's say, that you are kinky. I mean, in your case, you're probably not, because it is your But, and so for someone who's kinky but has a low sexual, what it might mean is they need some of that kink interaction. They need the, the spark and the naughtiness and the edge that comes to that because that then drops them into their body and allows them to ramp up, turn on. And then suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to have sex. So it may, you just may need to have a different entry point um, for someone who has more of the sensual blueprint. And again, we'll talk more about that. It might mean you really need um, a beautiful environment and to be seduced, to be wooed, to be um, Ah, approach well, slowly and deliciously. Well, let's talk about that because my sensual is 27.78%. It's a third highest, but that and shapeshifter are tied for second, and then energetic comes awesome. in first. So what, what, is, what, what does all that mean? Okay. So if you have a high sensual, which is relatively true for you, um, there's a bunch of stuff. I all, There's information I already have about you about how I might want to approach you as a partner or how I might want to, but I see it as honoring you as a being and as a spiritual being in a physical body. So for you as a sensual, the way that happens is through your senses. So it means um, that you like um, luxury. You like comfort. You want physical beauty. You like music. It relaxes your body and it allows you to become more fully present in the moment to be mindful in the moment if your body is fed through your senses and so for a sensual person um for women who are sensual this is a place this happens a lot where they think well i'm just not interested in sex and maybe it 
means they're not interested in getting naked and, and having intercourse right away. But maybe what they love, what turns them on is um, music, having the right setting, having soft, beautiful textures all around them, having flowers in the room and candles, um, that someone is slowly approaching them, that there's romance present. Um, the sensual brings all the romance and beauty of sex. And so it's so much about, um, think like Latin lover, think um, mm, just uh, a sumptuous feast. Sex is a sumptuous feast for anyone who's sensual. So it's about slowing down, savoring, and literally savoring. So for a sensual, things that are super great are set up a beautiful room, get the temperature right, ask them. What could make this room better? What's wrong? Can I, what can I fix? And they'll have a list of like five things. <laughs> oh, actually, this pillow is scratchy. And um, the light coming in from that window is not good. And that, 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 that picture over there is crooked. It's driving me crazy. Like for them, they can feel high maintenance. But actually, when you address each of those things, it's an act of love. And it is an act of seduction. It's saying, I see you. I love you. I love that your body is so sensitive in these ways. I want to give you this. And the more they can receive in that place, then they start to open up and they can have full body orgasmic experiences from just um, massaging touch, from um, a beautiful meal, of playing with food sexually is super fun for sensuals. Oh my God, like bring in the, the strawberries and the honey and all of it. Like just and slowing down. See now, they now, that, want to slow down. For me, that's that's very true. I, I enjoyed the dance. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the end of the song necessarily. I enjoyed the dance throughout, and uh, right. And that's that's it was important. How about shapeshifter? What does that mean? Okay, so shapeshifter is its own blueprint. And it also means you have access to all the blueprints and you want them, you need them. And we haven't, um, it's almost, it's the one I like to talk about last because then you can like refer to all the other ones. So can we put a marker there and, and, and talk about uh, energetic and then come back to shape? Uh, of course. Okay. Uh, energetic for me was 38.89. That's kind of high, isn't it? Uh, yes, that's great. What that means is you've got superpowers. Dun, 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 dun. Every one of these has Every one of these has superpowers. So um, what I would say is the uh, energetic is like the Jedi. So energetic empath, very spiritual often, very interested in um, what is sacred about sexuality, kundalini, uh, yoga, tarot, all of those um, come into the mix. There's a lot about being able to feel energy in yourself, in other people, in uh, the environment around you. So you're like a giant antenna or a giant energy sponge. You feel everything all the time. Super sensitive. And that can be where energetics get in trouble because sometimes they don't know how to turn that off. And so people who are um, psychic, they need to learn to... Uh, relax that and to feel like what's mine and what's not mine and to be able to sort of clear their energy field and just um, be able to be in their own experience. So boundaries can be a thing for energetics. 
because they're so empathic. The great thing is the superpower is you can feel what's happening in your partner's body easily. And so you're literally sharing the experience with them. And if they're energetic as well, they're feeling what you're feeling. And there's this amazing like circuit and cycle that happens. It can just it continually expand. It can be amazing. Um, you can have orgasms without touch. You may not know that yet. Um, because huh? Wait, wait. Back up. You said what? You can have orgasms without touch? Yes, you can have energetic orgasms, and anybody, oh, I'm already feeling it. So um, I have totally expanded into my energetic in the last couple of years. And so when I start talking about this, it starts to happen. So it is, we call them kriyas, it's kundalini energy, but it's um, just by bringing awareness into your energy centers and your body, if you're energetic, and there are people out there, I guarantee, listening right now, where this is happening, because this is why I'm talking about it, um, you start to feel these sort of, um, they're like shudders, they're quivers in your body. They can often, they can um, go, you can almost feel like a convulsion sometimes. Oh, those. Of this, um, yes, right. Like, so, it, and it's um, like a sine wave in your spine, often shows up around the spine and in the spine, because that's where a lot of kundalini lives. But it can just like be a wave through your body of orgasmic pleasure. And um, what I like about the blueprints is it expands what an orgasm is as well. We've got, because we've got this sexual definition of an orgasm of either it's ejaculation, erection and ejaculation in a penis body, or it's this, these series of contractions inside uh, either um, vaginally or cervically. That's one type of orgasm, and there are hundreds of orgasms. And energetic is one of them. So an energetic orgasm is just like so limitless. It's amazing. And I remember hearing this the first time from Jaya, because I used to get them um, at the end of yoga when I was relaxed. And I would go into Shavasana and I'd just be so surrendered. And then the person leading would like ring a chime. Oh my God. And it would just run through my whole body. And I'd just be like, whoa, what what is this? And I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. And then I remember Jaya saying, oh, well, yeah, actually, you can just do that by um, focusing in your body. Like, you could, ju- you don't need the chime. You can just do it with- at will. And I'm like, I can? And then I'm like, oh, my God, I can. <laughs> so. Surprise. Superpower of the. And I just want to say, too, like, if you are in a body and you haven't experienced this, there's nothing broken or wrong with you. What I love about the blueprints is there's no hierarchy. You don't ever have to feel an energetic orgasm. Awesome. You may be wired a completely different name. Maybe what you want is the sensual and the savoring and the slowing down, or maybe what you need is kink. And you just like, this is not your deal. I'm just expressing what is possible in the human experience. And there's no comparison. It's that same thing when you get in front of the mirror and you're like, oh, this is the body I have. This is the body you have. It's awesome. It's magic. Look at the places where you can feel pleasure. Go there. And it's enough. It's more than enough. And if you want to expand, you can, but you never have to. You're perfect just the way you are. So, okay, so energetic. So um, orgasm without touch. Let's see what else. Um, Tend to want the sacred. And so this is the place where each of these has kind of a shadow place where you can get hung up. So for energetics and those who are very spiritual, um, there can be a judginess and a hierarchy that comes with it of like, well, my chakras are aligned. 
So I'm certainly not going to have sex with that person because they eat hamburgers. And I just, it will be impure. And so there can be this sort of like, if it's not spiritual, it's not worth doing. And the challenge for energetics is exactly what you said earlier about like, oh, well, if I'm really spiritual, I can't be like rolling around in the sheets acting like an animal. It's like, actually, yes. The deeper you go in that, the more you can access your full humanity and therefore your full infinite divine self. If there's a place where you're judging and blocking it out, maybe go there. Because that's a place where you're saying that's not where God lives. But if it's in you and it's in the human experience, it has to be included. It does. If we really, if we really believe that we're like fully love, fully divine, every part of it is good. Okay, so um, energetics. Um, so you wanted to talk about shapeshifter. Yes, real, real quick because we've only got about five minutes left. But uh, uh, shapeshifters. Yep. So shapeshifters are the everything bagel. They're the um, I want it all. So it's every one of the blueprints. You need them. You need variety. You need adventure. You're curious. You get bored easily. If you're doing the same thing all the time, it's the Taco Tuesday thing. Except that you feel like it's Taco Tuesday all week and you're like, we've had the tacos already. Now I need lasagna and I want sushi and I want. Um, So it's about changing it up. Uh, Shapeshifters feel like they're too much. Because they're asking for, they have this huge capacity and sophistication for pleasure. So if the energetics are the Jedis, then the shapeshifter is the Ferrari or the Stradivarius. Where you're like, and we often, I'm a shapeshifter. And before I felt like I was too much. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm asking for two months. I'm so sorry that I want so much erotically. This is really a lot of pressure. And I have understood now that actually it's the opposite of like i have bells and whistles i don't even know what they do and again you won the lottery because look at the body you get to play with oh my god let's start what do you want to do first um so shapeshifters and and often shapeshifters like everything at once or they really like contrast so it might be that you want like a soft feather tracing your body and at the same time you want an ice cube on your thigh. And you want to be trying to feel both of those at the same time, lean surrendering into the like the, the hugeness of the contrast of that. So heat and cold are good. Sometimes like um, spiky or soft can be fun. Um, restraint and freedom. Anything that feels like a, a contrast can be super fun for a shapeshifter. And sometimes shapeshifters want like five things at once. And then you have to get really creative as their partner because you're not an octopus. And you're like, okay, I'm going to put a vibrator here. I'm going to put a vibrator here and tell them to hold it. And then I'm going to do these three things. And I'm going to have the music be a certain blueprint and just like bring in everything and all at once. Because shapeshifters, that's a way. It's like it gets at the same time, it gets me into my body and out of my head. And it just is so expansive. It's outrageous. And shapeshifters tend to want to have really long sessions sensuals too like an hour is like hey we just got started what do you mean i want more which is why the name and more 
Well, yeah, because the 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 five minute thing just doesn't. It's just not worth the the. the it's not, that's not worth the effort. It, it, I would rather. It's it's much more fun to play uh, for a long period of time and just and and just go with it and and enjoy the the person that you're with. Um, not that I remember. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that. Anyway, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that happens with shapeshifters, there's a shadow that I've uh, been learning a lot about, which is shapeshifters, once they learn how big they are, then they feel entitled to that all the time. And there can be this thing that shows up of feeling like, because I'm a shapeshifter, I'm going to be starving all the time. I'm never going to get all of my gigantic needs met. And that is the place where we circle back to spirituality and mindfulness. Because actually, if you're a shapeshifter or anyone else, if you can learn to be fully present and aware to what's actually happening in your body at this present moment, it's always enough. It's endless. It's infinite. It's timeless. And it's beyond anything you can imagine. That's really cool. I want to, I want to mention again, we're talking with uh, Ann Moore. You can go to her website, which is www.yes. dot com. You know what I love about you is that you are so excited and enthusiastic about the subject matter. That, that I love sex. Do you love sex? I love sex. I love humans. And I love, I love our beings. Yep. And that really, it really is cool. And now we need to, I would really love to have you back because I would like to talk to you about some of the issues that married couples have, and maybe we can actually help someone right here on the podcast. Uh, the, the issues. I would love that. Yes. You know, the issues around, he wants, you know, I hear this uh, when I was younger, I, I, we used to talk about me and the guys would get around together or the, or, or the couples. And there was always, all he wants to do is have sex five, six, seven times a week. And I just can't take it anymore and, and stuff. But how do we, how do you, how do you make those, those dynamics work? Because, uh, it is the five love languages as far as sex goes. And then you can, you can work with it and, and, but you've got to, I get, would, I would love to do that. Yes, I'd love to do it live. If somebody wants to call in a couple who's willing, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but you, anybody could write in. Like, there's a lot of ways we can do it. I'd love to do that because it's important. There's real pain that happens when, that, when you can't connect with someone you love. And that's where it gets scary for people about, like, can we even stay together? And they want to. So I love, that's the place I love to create that kind of connection and juice for a lifetime. Awesome. That would be so. We're going to get together and we're going to do that. So stay tuned to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and we will have Anne back again. We've got another gal. Her name is Coriel Kramer. She's going to be on on Wednesday, and we're going to talk more about this from her her perspective, which is a little bit different than Anne's perspective, which is really good because the idea is to bring it all out to the forefront and figure out how you can work with these ladies who can who can help you either by yourself or with your significant other, and you can make. Make it all work together before we go is there anything that you'd like to tell our audience on our way out um just one of the best ways to reach me is through my website but i'm also super active on facebook so you can find me it's anmore a-n-n-e-m-o-r-e just look me up i've got a lot of resources there i do a lot of live videos there's some classes i've taught um and i will have some workshops and classes and even an event coming up in september so um just check on the website. Um, I'll be announcing it there. 
And you can also just email me. So it's uh, it's Anne, A-N-N-E, at yesandmore.com. So um, just shoot me an email if there's something, you know, a question, a concern, you are excited about this, and you want to find out about working with me, um, any of that. And I keep all conversations confidential. Of course. So any anything that you come to me with, I treat as absolutely sacred and beautiful it's total non-judgment zone that's that's awesome we again have been talking with ann moore go to www.yesannemore.com and i'd like to thank you very much it's 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 very enlightening and this is a a topic that a lot of people aren't covering because uh, it's it can be a little uncomfortable so we are going to attack it head on with you and it's going to be great fun so i appreciate you coming onto the show and uh, we're going to we're going to have you back this is this is more fun than people are allowed to have with their clothes on and absolutely (laughs) so with that everybody we got to go but thank you so much for being with us today and look for more here on my independence report hey and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end hey pretty cool hey don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts and remember take care of each other because each other's all we got see you next time a mind dependence report.